Welcome to the Real Life English Podcast, where we help dedicated English learners just like you cultivate the courage, the confidence, and the skills that you need to understand real life native English, to communicate clearly with people from all around the world, and to make your life an epic global adventure. Now, are you ready to go beyond the classroom and start living your English? Can I get an aw, yeah? Boys and girls, citizens of the world, this is Thiago from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, convenient, and heartening way to learn English. So download this podcast and listen to it while you're relaxing at the beach, working on at the gym, or even... Or even while you're Googling your favorite celebrities to see what they've been up to recently. <laughs> All right, cool. So... What does your English learning and Leonardo DiCaprio have in common? Well, more than you might think. In this episode, we talk about achievements and why just focusing on your goals is a bad strategy when it comes to your English learning. I'm joining the Global Studio today by the most like a teacher in all South Africa, the one, the only, Kase. Hey, Kase. Hey, Thiago. How's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm really good today. Thank you for asking. Awesome. So, Kase, today we are talking all about achievements, right? But what does it mean? Could you define to our viewers and listeners here what an achievement is? Uh, yeah, so an achievement is something that you succeed at, something that you, you, a goal that you are successful at or something that you manage to be really good at in life. Yeah, yeah. And I think achievements are so important in our lives, right? Because if you don't have achievements, what's the purpose of living, right? I mean, it, it gives us meaning. You work hard for something, for a goal, and then you achieve it, and then you go like, yes, awesome. What's the next challenge? Yeah. So today we're going to be talking all about that, and uh, we're going to be sharing with you guys today um, some achievements that we have experienced in our personal lives, and ho I hope that you enjoy it. And also, we're going to explain exactly what Leonardo DiCaprio have to do with all of that. <laughs> okay. So, Kase, um, I would like to ask you first, what is one achievement you're proud of in your life? So, one thing that I'm really proud of is that, like, near the end of my high school career, like, I was going through some really difficult times, like, in my family and I'll spare you guys, like, the details. It's not a sad podcast episode. I'll save it for next time. Um, but, yeah, anyway, so I went through some really difficult times in my family, and I was really struggling to stay um, inspired or stay motivated or to see, you know, in terms of my self-esteem. And, you know, like, young kids always think, like, oh, what am I going to become when I'm older? Like, am I doomed? Am I destined to just, like, fail? Or, you know, is my life going to be mediocre? Or am I ever going to know what I want to do with the rest of my life? And I struggled with that, too. But um, I kept working hard. I kept studying hard. And I was able to successfully... Um, be accepted at the top university in the country. And actually, it's the top university on the continent. I found that out recently. So I was really, it made me feel, it filled me with like this huge amount of 
self not confidence I wouldn't say self confidence but it gave me that boost you know in terms of my self esteem and and it just it was like getting that confirmation or affirmation that I am able to do great things if I set my mind to it and you know once I had achieved that once I was able to you know register and and attend this university I I think what also helped me to recognize my potential and and my strengths was that I also managed to have really great relationships or maybe that's not a good word but I had a really great um set of teachers and lecturers at this university who who um enforced or reiterated that those ideas and those and affirmed me you know in terms of the things that I wanted to do and um I know this sounds like I'm just like I was just a kid who was lost and needed a self-esteem boost, but it it was bigger than that because I think it shaped the way that I think about myself now. And you know that might seem like a tiny moment in in my past, but I think it paid it paved the way um, to the person that I am today. And it really it really is something that set the foundation of like who I am today and how I see myself and where I see myself going. So that to me was an achievement. Yeah, it's a great one. Yeah. So that was when you got into a journalism school, right? No, no? actually not journalism school. If I studied film, media and drama. So Before. Um those were <laughs> yes. Oh. I didn't I didn't know that, you see? <laughs> it's it's a back back story to like who Casse is, but yeah, I studied that before I I ended up doing journalism. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I imagine you must have enjoyed that course. I would have enjoyed that course, I think, you know. Mm. The person I am today would appreciate that course a lot more than the person I was back then. I think I was still I think I was 17 when I when I started university and I think my mind wasn't quite ready for it, but I always there's a quote that I love. I oh and I English English literature was was one of my majors as well. That's why I love poetry and I love English so much. But um there's a quote by George Eliot uh, that says, "It is never too late to be what you might have been. It is never too late to be what you might have been." So, I think that, you know, if I think about like what I what I who I was back then, and who I am now, I still think the two can connect. And somehow that like media and film studies, English literature, uh, it's going to it's going to play a role. I'm going to I'm still going to do what I was supposed to do when I was there. So that's amazing. That actually reminds me of uh, that famous uh, Steve Jobs commencement speech that he gave, I think, at Stanford in 2005, if I remember correctly. And in that speech, he talks about connecting the dots, how sometimes you take some courses or you do some things in your life, you don't know exactly how you're going to use that information in the future, but you cannot connect the dots looking forward, only looking backwards, right? So maybe in the future, you look back and then you go like, oh yeah, now it makes sense why I studied that, why I was interested in that, because, you know, and then I can connect the dots. Uh, one point that you mentioned that I thought it was interesting was the fact that Cassie from today 
would probably enjoy that course, the media course, more than Cassie from the past. And I think there is some truth to that in all of us because we are so young, yeah? When we have to make a decision on what to study, like what course to take at college, for example, like 17, 18, I think, um, yeah, I mean, maybe if you took that course older and more mature, you would enjoy it more. I guess that's why some countries have the, the gap year right? Could you explain to the listeners and the viewers what a gap year is in that context? Sure. So a gap year is basically one year, or sometimes people take gap years. It's just a, a break between studying. So usually after you finish high school, you know, you go straight to college, but some people prefer to take some time off from studying, do something else, maybe go to work, maybe do an internship or you know, travel abroad or do something that doesn't require them to study. And usually it's a period where they find themselves. <laughs> That's what people like to say. Find out what they want to do or maybe save some money for some people. And, you know, it's not a matter of like choice, right? So some people need to take some time of studying and to go and work to save some money or, you know, just to figure out what they want to do for the rest of their lives. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good idea, you know, uh, to see some of the world first, you know, before going back to school again and start studying again. So, yeah, I mean, I, I do see the validity in that. We don't have that here in Brazil, uh, but um, I think it's a it's a good practice, you know, uh, for young people. Yeah. Uh, before I share with you my achievement, Cassie, I do have some vocabulary questions to ask you. So you said the word spare at the beginning. Uh, I want to spare you the details or spare you that story. What does that mean? So if you spare someone from something, it means I'm going to save you. I'm going to save you from it. In other words, I, I won't bother you by telling you the details. Um, I'm going to spare you from it. I won't put you through having to listen to the details. And you used a very nice word also. You said doomed. Oh, I'm doomed to... What does that mean, to be doomed? <laughs> yeah. So if you're doomed to do something... Um, you know, maybe, you know, if you study something you don't like and now you're doomed to to follow that career path, it means that you have no choice. It's your destiny to do it. But in a, it's a more negative, in a more negative sense. So like, oh, you're going to be, you're doomed to do it. You ha you're going to have to suffer through that process. It's like yeah. we're sentenced, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. And so it's a, it's a bad thing, right? <laughs> Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, you you said the word mediocre. Um, so something mediocre means uh, average. Something average, mm -hmm. mediocre. But I mm -hmm. I would like to highlight that word because I love the sound of that word, the pronunciation. Mm -hmm. Mediocre. We say right. Can you say that again? Mediocre. Mediocre. Ah, oh, there you go. You got a little bit ka at the end there. Yeah. <laughs> schwa. The schwa. Yeah. The schwa. The, and the and the R is not really pronounced in our case, right? No, 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 we don't. We don't use the the rolled R or mediocre. Uh, I love the sound of that word, a mediocre <laughs> or mediocre. Yeah, it's great. And you also said paved the way. That experience paved the way for you. Uh, what does that mean? Yeah. So when something paves the way for something else, it means think of bricks. 
like put, when you're laying bricks, if you've ever seen that process or if you think about it, uh, maybe the game Tetris. <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking of like bricks on top of each other. So um, if you if something paves the way for something else, it means that it's preparing the path or it it creates the stepping stones. It, cre <laughs> it creates the pathway to something else. So you can even say that someone paved the way for me. In other words, someone set the example, they went through it first, and they, they created the, the way for me to do it, the opportunity for me to do it. Because someone else did it first, I now have the opportunity to do it because they paved the way. They went through it first, and now I know what to do. So that's my little achievement from when I was younger. How about you, Tiago? Tell us about yours. Yeah, in my case, Kasi, um, I think the obvious one for us here is learning English in my home country. Um, I think I, I was able to learn English very well, never having traveled abroad. That's an achievement that I'm proud of and I will be proud of until <laughs> I die, right? <laughs> uh, but I'm not going to get into this today because, you know, uh, uh, we've already done a video uh, where I share my story. So, by the way, guys, if you want to see my story uh, on how I learned English here in my home country, Brazil, you can uh, check out this lesson here that we're going to um, link in the description and then you can watch it later. OK, but for this episode, I think the achievement I wanted to share was leaving my parents house when I was 24. You know, I left my parents house when I was 24 and I moved not only uh, from their house, but also I moved cities. Yeah, so I am originally from Sao Paulo capital, and I, I was born and raised there. Um, and then at 24, I came to the city where I live today, Curitiba, which is in the south of the country. And uh, I'm very proud of that because, you know, um, I wanted my independence at that time. You know, I, wanna, I wanted to, you know, uh, get out of my... Uh, get 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 what's the the expression uh, get away or get out of my parents wing is that correct to say that uh you can say i wanted to get out from under my parents wing ah yeah. like a chicken you know the the hen it walks and her chicks are under here <laughs> so the correct way to say this is i wanted to get out from under my parents wings yeah that's what i wanted yeah so i wanted to have my life and my place and you know, not having to explain myself to, to to everybody. So I did it. Yeah, I came here with a couple more friends at that time. Uh, we had kind of a similar goal of making it, right, in this new city, in this new state. Um, unfortunately, they didn't adapt very well to the city, so they left a few months later. But I did. I loved the city, and I, I got a job at that time uh, rather quickly, you know. And I stayed, yeah. And uh, I think it was uh, a great decision for me, you know, because then I met my my wife. She is from here, and then you know, now we have kids together, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a it was a great decision, yeah. But this idea of leaving, yet relatively young, I think that was uh, good. It wasn't easy, of course. I had some challenges, yeah, because you know, <laughs> you have to do everything on your, uh, by yourself, right? And I did how I did have some people along the way who helped me, especially at the beginning, right? Um, with some key things. But overall, I'm proud of that, of leaving early. Yeah. I think like the the level of independence um, that and like 
self-reliance. I think that's that's it. Because you, you cannot turn to mom and dad and go like, oh, you know, I'm struggling right now. Of course you can. I'm sure your parents would never turn you away. But I, I, I think it's, you want to show them that, you know, I made this decision. I'm grown. <laughs> so I think that's really, really awesome. Yeah, yeah. I love that word that you use, by the way, self-reliance. What's that? So when you rely, think of the word rely. So when you rely on someone, you're, you need them. You know, I'm relying on you. I need you to help me with this. Um, when you self-rely, you are only, you only need yourself. <laughs> you're depending on yourself, your own strengths, your own abilities. I'm self-reliant. I can do it by myself. It's similar to, to being in, independent, I guess. But um, yeah, think of it more like I don't depend, I don't need anyone else to do this. I'm able to do this on my own i'm self-reliant awesome cool i want to ask you you said your friends didn't make it what does it mean when someone doesn't make it when you have a goal and you don't achieve that you know you can say that you didn't make it uh so when you are not successful at executing a plan or achieving a goal that you have you can say that you don't make it the opposite is also true. If you achieve the, the goal that you set for yourself, or if you were able to carry out the plan yeah, that you created, you made it. Uh, we usually say that to refer to success, right? When a person becomes very successful at something, we say that the person has made it. You also, like you said, you were born and raised. <laughs> um, <laughs> what does that mean? Born and raised, yeah. So I was born in Sao Paulo capital and I grew up there. Yeah, so my first 24 years of life were spent there. I was raised there. Um, your parents raise you, for example, or any close family member, maybe a grandparent, yeah, but uh, you typically your parents, right? So your mom and dad, they raise you. They help you grow up well with education and clothing and food and health. Right. This is raising someone. If you have kids, you have to raise them. I, I thought you were going you were going for that um, Fresh Prince line like <laughs> in West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spent. Anyway, sorry. I love that episode you did with, <laughs> with Ethan. I was watching it again. Yeah, it's great that you mentioned that. So uh, we can also link that episode in the description below uh, for the viewers and the listeners uh, to listen or watch later. It's episode 325, where mm -hmm. we practice listening skills with the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was a fun one to do. Okay, Cassie, so now that we have both shared a couple of achievements here that we have experienced, I thought it would be cool for us to share, briefly share, um, a story about someone who has achieved huge success only later in their lives. Because many people have this misconception that past a certain age, you are too old, right? Oh, past 40, past 50, or even 60, right? I'm too old. I can't do anything else or I can't accomplish anything else. But these stories that we're going to briefly share with you guys actually prove the opposite. And you do have a couple of nice examples to give, right? I want to add to what you're saying, because I think that for women, I'm not saying it's only for women, but I think a lot of the time, you know, women have a different biological clock. So I think women are always thinking by the time they get to 30, they need to have certain certain things in order. So like usually it's the family life needs to be 
know, at least by your early 30s, you need to have that family life, husband, kids, or whatever you're starting to think about the future. But when it comes to the career, like they always feel like there has to be a choice. I'm going to be a career woman or I'm going to be a family woman. And this is usually that decision that has that falls on women. But I think one amazing uh, example of someone who um, really hits her stride like after 30 is J.K. Rowling. I think she's like the, the best example that I can think of of someone who really truly found um, success later in life, right? When I say later, I'm saying relative because she found it at 32. Um, and that's not late at all for those of you listening. If you're older than 32, it's you're not late. But I think in terms of what society thinks of as um, older tends to, you know, by the time you're 32, you should have your life on track. But let me talk about JK. So, like, she, what she did was she was going through a really tough time. You know, like, she was... Um, I believe she was struggling with depression. She was, you know, dealing with financial issues and going through a really bad divorce. And, you know, she, she was also a mom, you know, at the time. And while going through all of that, she started to write Harry Potter. And um, this book obviously then blew, <laughs> took the world by storm, blew up. And um, it was published in 1997. And I think she was, yeah, she was 32 at the time. But it really was the start. It was like the spark that just like ignited her career, like it's in a, in a positive way. Like she really blew up after that. I think uh, maybe I think I, I heard that she wrote the first Harry Potter book in a coffee shop, right? Because I don't know if it was because of the, the heating system they had or the Wi-Fi. I don't know, but... I heard that too. She wrote that in a coffee shop. I don't know if it was the whole book or the first chapters. Yeah. And and just think about like, you know, how not only how successful the the books are or the films are, but like if we think about our own like learning English with TV lessons, like think about how, how many fans absolutely adore those lessons because it's become such a staple for English learners as well. Um so yeah, it's amazing. By the way, uh, what does that mean uh, when something becomes a staple for a group of people? Like essential. It's like an, yeah. So when something is a staple, it's like an essential. It's like a go-to thing. So if you think of like staple foods of countries, we might say that, I don't know, rice and beans is a staple in Brazil. Um, you know, corn tends to be a staple here in South Africa. Things like that. Essential. Nice. It's a staple. That's a, it's a great piece of vocabulary. I like that. Yeah. And one example that I have of someone who achieved huge success only later in life is actually uh, Steve Carell. Um, because, you know, I, have, I even uh, have here um, a paragraph that I got from uh, an article. And let me read it to you guys. Beloved comedian Steve Carell is known for his many blockbuster hits, including The Four-Year-Old Virgin and The Big Short. But... He didn't land his hit role as Michael Scott in The Office until he was 42. So, you know, um, I think that show really made his career. Yeah. And we, we both love The Office. It's such a hilarious uh, TV show. And uh, it's crazy to think that when he got that role, he was 42 years old already. Right. So, you know, it, it's a good example of maybe he was, I think he, maybe he had made movies before already. He was already working on it uh, in the industry, but the big break, let's say, yeah, 
or the that role that made his career, yeah, or that really put it on the put him on the map, it only came in his forties, right? So that's a, another example that I can think of, yeah, about that. I like what you said, putting put putting him on the map. What does that mean? When uh, in this case a person becomes more evident or more famous, yeah, maybe <clears throat> he was making small movies or small productions before he was maybe somewhat well known. But after the office, he became worldwide famous. So that show put him on the map. But um, still talking about achievements, right? Uh, another point that I think is important to mention here is that it's important to enjoy the journey, right? Because sometimes we might feel obsessed with the goal. Maybe, oh, like learning English or being fluent. But if you don't enjoy the journey, it's going to be very hard for you to actually get to your destination, Yeah, because the journey is not pleasant. And these are examples that we are sharing here, for example, like Steve Carell or even a J.K. Rowland, for example. Yeah, They were doing the work for a while, yeah, before uh, getting that goal or achieving that level of success. And another example that I can think of is uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Now bringing DiCaprio mm. into the discussion, because um, I remember watching his first movie, I think, In the 90s, he, he, I don't know if it was his first movie or one of his first movies called uh, Basketball Diaries or something like that, The Basketball Diaries. And he plays uh, a, a teenager <laughs> yeah. who is addicted to drugs. And uh, I, I could see back then that he was such a good actor already, but he didn't stop there. I think two years later, he did Titanic, which was huge, you know, and ever since, you know, he has been making lots of good movies. But he only won the Oscars recently. Yeah, I think with The Revenant. And it was a few years ago. And uh, there was even talk already of, oh, when is Leo DiCaprio going to win <laughs> the Oscar for Best Actor? When, you know? People were kind of expecting it, but it wasn't happening until it finally happened, happened like, you know, years later. Yeah. Did you see that, by the way, uh, his uh, acceptance speech? I did. I did. And... Something that I, I, I think as well, just to touch on uh, what you mentioned before, like, it's like people could be telling you, oh, you're such, you're so good at this or you should keep going and you're feeling, you're thinking to yourself, nah, I should give up. If um, I was good, I would have been winning awards. If I would have been recognized by the film industry long a long time ago. I've been doing this for years. I should just give up. I'm not that good. Um, and I think... With Leonardo DiCaprio in this example, I keep thinking that I don't think he was phased by um, the idea of like, I need to win the award in order to feel good about myself, or I need to win this award in order for me to recognize myself as a good actor. He was take, still taking on roles. He was never going bankrupt. <laughs> you know, he wasn't declining anything. He was just living his life, enjoying the process, as you mentioned before. And I think this is so... This is so important for all of us to think about, like, you know, where we are at in our careers or in our learning journeys. Um, and, yeah, I think it's 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 just a really great point that you you raised. But, yes, on his acceptance speech, really, I, I felt moved. I thought it was really, really um, I think there were so many memes about like <laughs> him before, like him not winning, like uh, Leo just always waiting for his his turn. It was it was a proud moment for sure. Yeah, I think I think uh, <laughs> he uh, he's known for being uh, uh, concerned about the environment. Yeah, 
And I think he actually used that opportunity when he accepted the Oscars uh, to talk about that, right? Uh, trying to raise people's awareness yeah, of the environmental issues we have nowadays, right? So also, uh, we could say that that was an example of someone who was standing up for what they believe in. So at that moment, he was standing up for a belief that he had. And what does that mean when you stand up for what you believe in? So um, I remember we, we when we were discussing like, um, you know, today's episode, we were talking about like the difference between like standing up for or standing up to. And, um, you know, totally different things. So I'll just explain the difference in preposition there as well. So when you stand up for something, you are saying that, you know, this is what I believe in. This is the right way. I'm standing up for this. I am... I'm in agreement. You're aligning yourself with that thing or that idea. And you're saying, um, I'm going to support this. I'm going to back this. I'm going mm -hmm. to, you know, put myself uh, in front. Like, let's say you're standing up for human rights. You're standing up for the environment. You're you're saying this is the cause that I believe in. But if you stand up to someone or something, you are it's more confrontational. You're saying, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to stand up to the government. I don't know, for some reason, <laughs> if you feel like standing up to your government, it means that you're saying, I don't agree with what you're saying, and I'm going to stand up to you now. I'm going to have my say. Yeah, and that actually reminds me, Kasi, of a fun fact about the Oscars mm -hmm. that I didn't know about until a few years ago. Um, as you guys can see here in my background, I am a huge Godfather fan, um, and Marlon Brando, who plays the main character, one of the main characters in the first movie, he won the Oscars for Best Actor in the 70s. That was 1972 or 3, if I'm not mistaken. But he rejected the Oscars. He turned it down. And actually, I thought it would be cool for us to watch the clip here of when he was announced as the winner and what happened. So, Chago, uh, could you please uh, play it for us? The winner is... Marlon Brando in The Godfather. Accepting the award for Marlon Brando and The Godfather, Miss Shasheen Littlefeather. Hello, my name is Sasheen Littlefeather. I'm Apache and I'm president of the National Native American Affirmative Image Committee. I'm representing Marlon Brando this evening, and he has asked me to tell you in a very long speech, which I cannot share with you presently because of time, but I will be glad to share with the press afterwards that he very regretfully cannot accept this very generous award. And the reasons for this being are the treatment of American Indians today by the film industry, excuse me, and on television in movie reruns, and also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I beg at this time that I have not intruded upon this evening, and that we will, in the future, our hearts and our understandings will meet with love and generosity. Thank you on behalf of Marlon Brando.
I mean, can you imagine how shocking that must have been at the time? I, I don't remember. Maybe there were other cases, but I don't remember other people like rejecting the Oscars. Maybe there are. But what did you think? Yeah, I, I, I think it is quite shocking and quite like powerful, I think, is, is the, the way I would describe it. Because I think people standing up for what they believe in tends to to connect with our emotions in a way like I mean whether or not it was something that you thought of before or I mean it's that bravery it's like sort of like you're so courageous to stand up and, and reject something that so many thousands of actors in Hollywood millions even <laughs> I mean over time have like wanted this thing and you're saying I, I don't want it if that means that you're going to keep treating um, Native Americans in this way or you know I just I just yeah I mean in terms of the representation uh, which we can get into in a minute, but I, I really think it's very powerful. I think it's brave. I think it's courageous. I think it's something um, that the world needs more of. <laughs> yeah, I think there is a there is an interview that Marlon Brando gave after at a famous talk show in the seventies, explaining his reasoning uh, why he decided to do this. Uh, but did you hear how when she was speaking, some people in the audience was booing her? You know, what does it mean to boo somebody off stage? If you're booing someone, you are basically sort of making a negative, um, having a negative reaction by making the sound like boo, uh, like sort of like a thumbs down. <laughs> I, I love the fact that, you know, in English, that word is literally the sound that we make, right? Boo, yeah. The word is the sound we make. In Portuguese, it is a completely different word for that. Yeah, it's vaiar. Vayar. It's completely different. Yeah. But I love the fact that in English, we just, you know, it's this sound, yeah? to boo, boo. Yeah. Um, she does say uh, one nice piece of vocabulary there that I think is nice to define. She talks about movie reruns. Uh, what is a rerun, a movie rerun? So a rerun is a repeat. So when the movie runs, it's it, it goes, <laughs> it plays. But when you're rerunning it you're playing it again for like i don't know the second or third time so or whenever you know the however many at the time so a rerun is a repeated episode episode or movie that's been repeated more than once and uh i i wanted to bring this clip today because uh, recently i saw a piece of news from last year it's very recent in 2022 saying that uh the academy right uh, actually issued a formal apology to her only now, 49 years later. Yeah, it was, this is like very recent last year yeah? uh, for the way that she was treated on that day, on that, in that evening. But can you imagine like, you know, 50, almost 50 years later? Yeah, the Academy finally issues a formal apology. Yeah? So uh, I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised, let me put it that way. I think progress in... Everything in society as well takes a while. I think at the time, people's mindsets, their perspectives on things were different to what they are today. And I'm I'm really not surprised. It's terrible, but I'm I'm really not <laughs> not surprised that it took them this long. I'm actually happy that they at least got around to doing it, <laughs> because uh, yeah, these these things often go unaddressed. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we were talking about beliefs and standing up for what you believe in, right? Uh, it also reminds me of Simon Sinek. And uh, in his famous TED Talk, he talks about how when you talk about things that you believe, 
you naturally attract uh, people who believe what you believe, who believe the same things you do. It's really about finding your group of people, your community, right? And for English learners, I think a great way for you to do that is by using our app. If you want to connect with other passionate English learners who, just like you, are in this journey of you know improving their English and becoming more fluent in English, you should definitely check out our app. And I think now is a perfect moment for us to go to a shout-out section here. We have recently received from one of our followers, Mohammed, um, really a really cool audio message. And uh, this first audio message that we're going to listen together um, is about his experience with the app and uh, what he thinks about the Real Life English app. Uh, let's, let's give it a listen. There are many exciting things about Real Life English app, like the transcript and the flashcards. But what I like the most about the app is that I can find a speaking partner anytime from anywhere in the world and practice English, listen to different accents and discover other cultures and ways of life through them. With a premium account, I have full access to the app features and podcasts, and the most exciting part is the unlimited speaking time. I was good at writing and reading in English, but not much in speaking. But With the app, I have more confidence to speak English, I have more vocabulary, and now it's easier for me to express myself in English, and that's what's cool with the power of, oh, yeah. That's an awesome audio message, Mohammed. Thank you so much. And by the way, your English is incredible. Okay, keep learning, keep developing because that was awesome. Thank you so much, Mohammed, for that awesome feedback. It's really wonderful to know that you enjoy the podcast that much. And to any of you guys out there, if you would like to share your feedback or your comments on the podcast, be sure to leave your comments down below. Or you can send us an email at fluencyteam at reallifeglobal.com. All right? Finally, Kasey, um, now let's talk about the real-life way moment for this episode. Which component of the real-life way would you connect with this conversation that we had today about achievement? So I would definitely say that this connects with the mindset. And, you know, we mentioned before about, you know, how our achievements sort of shape us and how, you know, even if it's a little achievement, even if it's something small that seems insignificant in the moment uh, or small victory, let's call it that. If it's a small victory that seems minor, it's insignificant to might seem insignificant in the moment, but it could lead to great things if you keep going, if you keep working at it. And that starts with a really specific kind of mindset, right? You have to have that sort of willingness and that endurance to keep going. Yeah, we talk about the growth mindset a lot here too, yeah? Instead of having a fixed mindset, a growth mindset. I'm always learning. I'm open to the journey and life is an adventure. That's pretty much it. Awesome. So uh, now we want to hear from you guys, uh, your viewers and listeners. The question for today is, have you seen any movie lately that blew your mind or that blew you away? Share with us in the comment section below a nice movie that you have seen recently. Or you can, again, you can also send us an email at fluencyteam at reallifeglobal.com. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and stay tuned for next week's one because it's going to be also packed with 
info, vocab, inspiration, and other fun stuff. And I'll talk to you soon. So one, two, three. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> oh, nice. Hey again, I hope you enjoyed today's lesson. Don't be a stranger. You can find all the notes like vocabulary, links, and more for this lesson on our blog at reallifeglobal.com. And connect with us and on Instagram at reallife.english for even more fun English recommendations. Do you want to continue your learning and get confident, fluent English? Check out our YouTube channel, Learn English with TV series, where you can have fun learning to understand fast-speaking natives with your favorite movies, series, and more without getting lost, without missing the jokes, and without subtitles. Finally, if you are enjoying our podcast, then please assist us in helping more people go beyond the classroom and live their English. You can do this by sending a link to this podcast to a friend or by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening. We might even shout you out on the podcast. Stay healthy and safe, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Aw, yeah.